Welcome to Eat Your Feels with Brianna Miller and David Sparks. A podcast about food, food culture, and food history. of diversity and adventure. That's amazing. Uh, hanging out on the grass near a lake. Having a nice basket with some delicious snacks that you brought from home. Grapes. Sure. The word first appeared in 1692. It signified a meal at which a diner pays his or her share for food to be eaten outdoors, what we know as a potluck. Lovely. In the background of picnics, what are some of your memories of picnics growing up? When we did picnics, uh, we would go up to High Five or the Wood River Reservoir. Oh, cool. Most, Most of the time until we got a fire pit, but it was always hot dogs on a willow stick, mustard, ketchup, pork and beans with Ruffles potato chips. Oh, wow. And that's still my favorite combo. <laughs> it's so good. And you don't eat the white chunk in there, though. That's gross. Um, I remember my s- oldest sister taking us, uh, a lot of the youngest siblings, out to uh, have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out by the wash as well in the oh, afternoons. That's cute. Yeah. Uh, we did a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, I don't remember them fondly, though. I did not like them. My mom would always bring them um, to, like, the zoo, right, whenever we go mm-hmm. to the zoo. Um, my dad used to make, like, little bean and cheese breakfast burritos when we'd go to Disneyland in the morning. Yeah. But I think one of my first, like, picnic picnic memories was when we used to go to Crown Point which is, I believe, out on the bay and here in San Diego. And we would get, like, a bag of fried chicken Ooh. and this weird three-bean salad, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure it was a weird three-bean salad. And watermelon. Mm. And I remember loving that. And I know that you and I had done that before. We just grab a bag of chicken and some yep. sides and head to the lake. Yeah. Back when we lived in Southern Oregon, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. In Idaho, we didn't have a lot of, like, picnic areas, like a picnic table. Mm-hmm. Um, there was campgrounds, but... Mm-hmm. And we also didn't have a place to get fried chicken. Ah, uh, interesting. So it, was, it was hot dogs. So so uh, let's move on to the history of the picnic. The history of the picnic. So the picnics really evolved by the traditions of the movable outdoor feast. Um, so I think wealthy people, which is where a lot of the stuff we talk about kind of starts or really becomes popularized, I think. I think yeah. it starts before that, but I think it really becomes popularized by the wealthy um, think of things like medieval hunting feasts, like in yeah. Game of Thrones, um, in like 14th century, you know, big old smoked turkey legs. Masculine. Bread. Just masculinity. Cheeses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not being able to poop two days afterwards. Wow, all right. Terrible hangover. Yeah. Uh, Renaissance era country banquets. Um, think more like, um, Princess Bride. Yeah. Eating outside, enjoying yourself about in art. the country. And Victorian garden parties, which were really just over-the-top, big catered to-dos mm-hmm. that were set outside. Um, think, small army. 
Yeah. Small <laughs> Going out took to a small army to feature outside. <laughs> so but in America they didn't start until the nineteenth century. Um and now we see things like tailgating. Yeah. As a picnic. Absolutely, today. waiting for the big game. So it really goes like, you know, really crosses the gamut. It does. Um, and David, I think you have some really interesting information about some origins in terms of picnicking and yeah. the Asian continent. Absolutely. So as early as the 10th century China, we had like kind of the beginnings of the picnic basket. Wine cups, bowls, uh, they were typically made from cast bronze coated in silver or gold uh, and decorated with these really delicate designs. Later, as these, these metals became too expensive for people, so they, they started making containers for food and beverages out of bamboo. Boo, an easily usable resource. Uh, it yeah. was everywhere. Because that's a really important part of the whole picnic itself is mm-hmm. being able to transport your food. Like as, yeah. as you kind of defined in the beginning, picnicking isn't yeah. about taking foods out with you to cook necessarily. Sometimes yeah. I know it includes meats, but it's mostly preparing things at home and bringing them with you. And mm-hmm. so that requires you to have a vessel. Yeah, just like the European and their hunting parties, you have to, like, you're going away, you're traveling, you're um, mm-hmm. a merchant. You need a way of storing your food. Interesting. So bamboo. Yeah. There's a famous bamboo set from the 17th century China, which included four bowls, dishes, cups, a tall gourd-shaped carafe, and nested round storage containers. So that means like you had a big one and then inside like a nesting doll. Mm -hmm. Kept getting smaller and smaller. A Russian nesting doll, yeah. Yeah. Each piece was made from a flexible wooden core and coated with several layers of waterproof lacquer. Lacquer? Lacquer. Lacquer. Liqueur is something you drink. Lacquer is something that covers something else. (laughs) It it was, uh, at the end, sheathed with bamboo weaving. The bamboo insulated it and maintained the temperature of the contents, and the lacquer prevented any, like, weird stuff getting into your food. Like a hydro flask. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. (laughs) Uh, The lacquerware method traveled from China to Japan in what I assume is the first Tupperware party. Ooh, Tupperware parties. My mom had a Tupperware, went to a Tupperware party. She had a friend who used to throw them. Oh. Did your mom ever throw Tupperware parties? Not not that I remember. I know that, I bet, I, Grandma I think, Miller, I bet, my grandmother, I think she probably bought a lot of her Pyrex. Oh, oh, I bet, yeah. Parties like that. Yeah, where you would just, like, get together, share recipes, potluck, and like, why don't you buy these? Okay. Yep, yep absolutely. <laughs> my husband's going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> So, first Tupperware yeah. party. You can see these ancient picnic basket, baskets, picnic baskets, picnic basket. <laughs> at museums. Uh, they're all packed really nice. They, they pack together in a giant box that's like, you know, three or four feet high, two feet wide. They're really easy to carry. And you can bring liquids with you, hot or cold. So it, it made it easier to have picnics in... In all sorts of weather. So in medieval Europe... Uh, pic- like we had mentioned before, picnics were more like men taking feasts with them mm-hmm. uh, while they were hunting. Uh, probably not hunting as much as they said they were. In the Bayou Tapestry, there is depictions of picnics along with the Norman invasion. Going out to battle, and man's even- man, barrel-chested, screaming because of adrenaline, crossing the English Channel, killing people, mayhem. And then eating a cucumber and sandwich? eating a cucumber sandwich. Chop off his head and bring me a sandwich. So I can enjoy the wonderful English weather. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back in France, after the French Revolution, massive royal gardens were now open to the public. Over time, it became fashionable to enjoy the the weather in other people's company. Uh, Sometimes music was involved, garden games. Garden games? Polo, yeah. Ooh, 
like bocce ball. Bocce ball. That was very like a very popular. Croquet. Cricket. Batman. Batman. Tennis. Mm, 90s. Maybe later. <laughs> it became such a popular pastime that many artists painted these scenes. In an illustration of noblemen enjoying a feast outdoors from a French edition of the hunting book of Gaston Phoebus from 15th century. Oh, Phoebus. Yeah. The most important man is sitting at the highest point in the painting, surrounded by a bunch of men in shitty haircuts and scratchy wool boots. <laughs> and you know everyone's just loaded at this point. Yeah. I mean, we. But the, I think the, the interesting thing, we say that because a lot of people are, protected, are uh, depicted drinking, but also because we, we drank ourselves out of fresh water. So a lot yeah. of early Europeans uh, <laughs> did not have water to drink because we were putting refuse in said water and instead could only drink wine or beer. Yeah. And so people were Ugh. pretty drunk for a long time. Yeah. Humans. Because they didn't have Europe. the bamboo to keep things cold, so everything would have just been room temperature. Mm-hmm. Didn't Sounds have that gross. Tupperware. Mm. Or deodorant. But at the same time, this is where you had things like um, charcuterie, right? Like yep. cured meats. You'd have salted, salted meats. Salted meats, a big deal. Cheeses, like we talked about last yeah. time. Those Breads. were easily preserved. Butter was easy to, to move as well, yeah. Yeah, so definitely think about the English picnic. Yeah. By 1776, picnics were more romanticized. It was more for, for wealthier people. Artists became more attracted to this. Uh, the pastoral imagery and the wealthy people who embraced the pastime. So you had like yeah. a lot of artists talking about this. Uh, there's a lot of famous paintings. There are, are a lot about of the famous picnic. paintings. And I'm trying to think of the name of one. Manet. Manet does one. Renoir does one. Yeah. My favorite. So when talking about how um, you have public parks are now open to people that really, like royal, sorry, royal royal parks are now public parks, which yeah. is kind of a big deal. So yeah. in order to have a picnic, you kind of need a space. And mm-hmm. having a royal park that's now a public park, I imagine, yeah. is a beautiful space. And massive urbanization at this point as well. So people are looking for an excuse to get out of the city. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Higher density housing. Yeah. So the one that really, you know, we talk about how artists were also drawn to this, right? Because people are in the open. They're enjoying yeah. the space. This is something that people want to um, depict. And I think it really kind of digests what's yeah. going on socially in the time. So you've got one of my favorites, which is the painting by Edward Manet. It's such a good painting. Uh, Le déjeuner sur la herbe. Herb. Herb. <laughs> so but this, this, is, this yeah. is the one where the woman is... Explicit. She's nude. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone Which else is wearing uncommon clothes. uncommon at the time. It was not uncommon. But um, she was obviously a prostitute at the time. Like, that's what people were so upset about. Because she wasn't depicted as a goddess. She wasn't. She's looking directly at the viewer. Yeah. 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 Which kind of goes hand in hand with the kind of the baskets of fruits. And we're talking about mm-hmm. the opulence and um, being wealthy and being able to afford to do that and not have a busy yeah. schedule. Yeah, exactly. They had the They had leisure time. And then another really famous one I'll just talk about real quick is the uh, oh. Monet, the Claude Monet uh, Luncheon on the Grass. That's another it's really... so pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful Look painting. Look these up if you like are near internet. <laughs> it's So um, it's a image of decadence, but also corruption, apparently. So they kind of use it as untroubled bliss Ooh. is how he kind of discusses this painting, uh, Monet. Yeah. So... Consciously rejecting the stiff, moralizing manners of their parents, young people enjoy the open air, the sun, and the moment. Oh, and that's a common thread, too, for for picnics. Young people getting out and being social with each other. It's a great excuse for a picnic. 
Ah, there's so many. Anyways, yeah. look up um, paintings of picnics because it's pretty amazing. So back to yeah. what you were saying, David. In Victorian times, moving on, uh, mm -hmm. like the poor people couldn't afford to take excursions for a couple of weeks in the wild. So uh, kind of like the potluck, multiple families uh, would participate and each menu item was arranged beforehand. So each family had to bring one item to the picnic. That's great. And this was a way to like kind of cut the costs, still be social, like we had talked about enjoying the weather, things like that. Yeah, it's not so much about conspicuous consum consumption, consumption of that part. It's yeah. more about um, kind of a community coming together to share what you have so that you can spend what little time you have yeah. socializing. Um, and they would bring the iconic pick-in-a-basket. That's my best Yogi Bear. Yep. Oh, a pick-in-a-basket. That's a good one. Is that one? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> grape baskets or paper baskets were very popular as they were disposable. You know, the grape baskets are kind of like the oval shape with the handles. Why were those disposable? Well, because they were made of wood. Why were we yeah. throwing things away back then? Oh, they threw everything away. Oh, my God. Yeah, wooden plates, wooden utensils, tin cups. So that, that was all disposable back then. <laughs> And they even talk, in like the 1950s, uh, Mad Men, they, they show that as well. At the end of their picnic, they just leave their trash outside. Wow. Yeah. Wow, humans. Mm -hmm. uh, so salted meats were really important for the Victorian picnic. Uh, Mrs. Beaton's book of household management, which was published in 1861, recommends for a picnic of 20. Oh, my read gosh. The, yeah, this is, this is the first menu. So this menu is item. a Victorian picnic. Yeah. A picnic of 20. That's yeah. pretty big. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, that's a party. Yeah. Yeah. Five pounds of cold salmon, Ooh. mayonnaise sauce, Ooh. one quarter lamb with mint sauce, <gasps> one large ga galantine of veal. I don't know what a galantine is. Three boiled chickens. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. One ham. Oh, so much meat. Two pigeon pies, Ooh. salad with dressing. A little bit. Okay. Two cucumbers, just two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> two fruit tarts, pastry sandwiches, two jellies, two cream custards, mm. one gallon of strawberries, three pounds of grapes, one pound of cheese, and half a pound of butter with four loaves of bread or rolls. That's a menu. That's a wedding. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's a luncheon wedding. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of meats. Mm-hmm. Boiled chicken. Yeah, what was some other, did you have some menus you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I do. While we're on this? So I have, um, we kind of found, there's so many different really lovely picnic menus you can find online, which is just super fun. So we found, yeah. I found some picnic menus kind of going throughout the years, and I'll read some of them off to you. So I have one from 1904, from the title of the, of the um, article is Suggestions for School, Picnic, or Traveling Lunches. Ooh. And it's from um, a book or a publication called What to Have for Luncheon <laughs> by Miss Mary J. Lincoln. <laughs> so she talks about how this is for the traveler on a short journey where the dining cars are not found or patronized. There's nothing better than a paper box and some bottles or jars of convenient size, which, here we go, may be left when their usefulness is ended. So throwing them oh, away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is around the t like early 1900s. M motor vehicles are becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. Short journeys. Get, yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. on a train, if you don't have a dining car, apparently that's a problem. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then she talks on here about that weight is very important. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to be carrying a lot of things around. So she kind of gives some really great suggestions for menu items and numbers them, which is oh. just delightful. 
Number one, spiced beef slice, rye muffins, cup custard, bananas. Oh, that sounds fun. Number two, roast beef or cold steak sandwiches, canned fruit, and hermits. What are hermits? Like actual, you go and get a hermit? You go you go find a hermit. They're really hard to find because they're, they're hermits. They live in the mountains. They're mostly in caves. They're mostly in caves. They're a little tough. Yeah. Is, it, is that for like entertainment and meals or like both? They are cookies. Oh. Spicy molasses cookies with a hint of coffee. Ooh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Why are they called hermits? <laughs> no idea. They're just living off they're of chocolate and coffee. They're a little spicy and a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> so number three, stuffed eggs, buttered rolls, oranges. And I'm assuming stuffed eggs is some sort of deviled egg. Deviled or, egg, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, chicken sandwiches, sandwiches, tiny rice puddings, peaches and milk. Mm, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it does. Uh, baked bean sandwiches is another one. Potato salad, apples, and ginger snaps. Ooh. And I'll read you this last one. Lettuce sandwiches. No idea. I'm assuming that's just a sandwich. Mayo and lettuce. All right. Stem strawberries with sugar, cream cheese balls, and cookies. And cookies. And cookies. Mm. So the next uh, next one I have to share is from 1921, mm. from a chapter titled Outdoor Meals in Mrs. Allen's on Cooking, Menus and Service by Ida C. Bailey Allen. Okay. And so this is menus for the informal outdoor meal, park, roof, or piazza. 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 So it's like a central uh, space in the middle of town. Oh, okay. Like a plaza, together. right? Yes. Okay. So here's some of her options, which are just delightful. Uh, first menu option is cold broiled chicken. So cold chicken. Mm-hmm. Potato salad. Pickles. Bread and butter sandwiches. Oh. Apple pie and cheese yep. together. And coffee. Oh, wow. The next one is a sliced meatloaf. Potato chips. Sliced tomatoes. Nut bread sandwiches, yeah. jelly donuts, peaches, and tea. This Which is like, 1921. Yeah, so that would have been after World War One, where I didn't know this. There was a food shortage during World War One, And so, like, the opulence of, like, taking Having all those three boiled chickens. Yeah, yeah, they went down. They, you saw the, some of the first vegetarian loaves. Yeah, and you're starting to see here, you've got, like, your third menu item is Boston baked beans. Beans, right? Which are a lot yeah. easier to get a hold of than meats yep. in war shortage times. Yeah. Um, buttered bread sandwiches, which I believe is just bread and butter. Yeah. Um, tomato and lettuce salad, peach ice cream. Yeah. This is interesting. And coffee. So yeah. from coming across these menus, I think that they actually, I think you can actually transport ice cream in a, what they call a vacuum container. In the 1920s. In the 1920s. Whoa. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh man. So. The next one I have to share with you is from 1940. So this okay. is picnic lunches or suppers. This is like before World War II. Mm-hmm. So this says, these are things that you can um, have at the beach. Or just, in the, if you're in the East Coast, you're just going to the beach with your family yeah. and you want to have that's a large Sunday meal. This would be how you, how you would do it. Yeah, that's cool. So these are pretty impressive. Hot coffee, hot chicken soup. In a thermos bottle. Uh, Not together, separate, obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A three-pound porterhouse steak. What? To be broiled at the beach. (gasps) Creamed potatoes in a thermos jar. You prepare this at home when you put it in a thermos jar. Okay? Yeah. Cold slaw. So, cold slaw, I'm assuming? Yeah. I I think 
I, I bet cold, that's what we used to say is cold, cold slaw. Swiss cheese sandwiches, which I think is just a Swiss cheese grilled sandwich, which yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, bread and butter sandwich. Mm. Peach marguerite in a vacuum freezer. Ooh, maple layer cake. Yeah. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got one more to share from 1975. Ooh. So this is a cool weather family picnic. Yeah. So this is like you're going with your family. It's fall. Yeah. You want to have a picnic. It's not too cold. This is what they suggest you bring in 1975. A quick New England-style clam chowder. Mm. Crackers. Okay. Boston baked beans. Ooh. Cocktail sausages. Oh. Crisp apples. Cheddar that? cheese wedges. Yeah. Gingerbread and spiced orange tea mix. Ooh. That sounds like the cover of a Sunset magazine. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of how mm-hmm. much things have changed over the years. Yeah. Um, I think you have one from 1997. 1997. Yeah. Woo. So we're, and on the, like the, the theme of these picnics, uh, uh, in 1997, Angela Shelf Medeiros's The African American Kitchen, Cooking from Our Heritage, it was printed in 19, 1997, suggests a picnic menu of jerk pork, potato salad, pickled beets, red rice, roasted potatoes, mm. and pecan cake. So that's really interesting. So that's kind of an American, African American menu or author, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so a, what's the importance of that? It's uh, because Juneteenth is often celebrated with a picnic. Oh, so what's what's Juneteenth for our listeners oh. that don't know what Juneteenth, Juneteenth is? Juneteenth is when the Emancipation Proclamation was actually signed. It's That's just, just, it's, it's it's just a, a holiday that we should be celebrating. Yeah, because it was a pretty dark time. Yeah. So Juneteenth, and that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. like the tradition is to go on picnics? Yeah, go on picnics with a, a menu like this as such. Yeah. Why? Did you, uh, do you have something? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> hmm. So I found something that was funny. Um, another uh, important celebration of diversity, which, you know, we talked about that at the top, that picnics are a celebration of diversity. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones I found was a Swiss picnic. So it's a Swiss National Day, established in 1891 and celebrated August 1st. Oh, oh we missed it. We did. We missed it. Much like our 4th of July. Which is often celebrated with a picnic. Yep. So this is a Swiss-American organization that hosts an annual picnic. Oh, that's cool. So I imagine it's a lot of um, Swiss-American-inspired foods. Yeah. And uh, Labor Day is traditionally uh, celebrated with a picnic as well, which was today. It, yes. <laughs> the day we're recording. That's very true. Weird. Um, it's almost like we planned it. <laughs> so this is funny. This is uh, I found this quote from Larry David on the show Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I like. I think it's yeah, probably so an acquired good. taste, but it's pretty funny. Um, when he said, it's no Swiss picnic for me either. In response to something, you can hear his voice. It's no Swiss picnic for me either. Um, which is funny. But, so we one of the cool things about picnics is we choose the foods, the venue, yeah. and the people. Yeah. And the important part is that food is prepared at home and served. Then bring it with you. Bring it with you, and it's yeah. served at an outside venue. Yep. Right? That's a picnic. And there's actually... Picnics around the world, famous picnics. Um, let me read some of these off. This is uh, by Nicole Garner, 15 Delightful Picnic Traditions from Around the World. So we have Japan. It celebrates the, ch- the, the season of the cherry blossom, announces spring arrival in Japan. So this is early spring. It's usually packed full. So you have to get there in advance. People take this very seriously. Ooh. And everybody brings their own food. Uh, there's a Christmas picnic in Argentina. 
uh, you know, while we're celebrating Christmas in the upper hemisphere. Not us, but other people right. who live in the northern parts of the states. No, all of the western hemisphere. Oh, all of the western no, I'm hemisphere. Kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Argentinians celebrate the holiday outdoors with Christmas picnics, which is something I want to try this year. I want to we 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 went on a beach walk last Christmas. We did so maybe the yeah. in a couple of Christmases when we're here for Christmas in San yeah. Diego, we can do a beach picnic. That sounds like awesome. a fun. Maybe we can get a lot of people to join us. Okay. Uh, there's the Scotch egg, which is not really like a picnic tradition, but it it in Great Britain, uh, the Scotch egg came about because they were trying to find a easy portable room temperature thing and it's a hard-boiled egg covered in sausage sausage yeah, yeah. and it was a middle ages uh hunting food it was a grab and go kind of yeah. like our little lunchables it's like yeah. a lunchable <laughs> um in australia they have picnic day what yeah since the 1910s or 1940s so that's been going for a while france is all about taking stemware with you you can only drink it out I of a wine France. glass. Yeah. I love France so much sometimes. So their picnics are very different. <laughs> no more of these red solo cups, folks. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't hear about this one from Yuri. Uh, it's Naked Frisbee. This is in Germany, where apparently Germans get together and do Frickorperkultur, which is free body culture. Uh, in the U.S., we have uh, eating contests. We do. I, uh, yeah. I was a part of an eating contest. It sounds... I did really good. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a hell of an eater. I tell you. <laughs> hell of an eater. I don't know what I was eating. Um, Watermelon say, or no, hot I think dogs? No, I think it was pie. Oh, okay. And I think I didn't... I wasn't able to use my hands. I think that was the kicker. Oh. Oh, cool. So, that's who you married. Yep. Um, so uh, the last year, the winner ate 13 hot dogs at an Independence Day celebration in Coney Island. And how many minutes? No, it doesn't say. That's Just a lot of hot dogs. 13 though. hot dogs in an hour, I think I could do that. It would hurt. It was I'd probably like 15 minutes. Oof, Maybe. A lot. Uh, New Zealand has picnic tea. Uh, picnics mimic barbecued in the 19th century in New Zealand, uh, where they would whole roast an oxen hmm. and bake potatoes cooked over fire pits. Afternoon tea was also a common everyday staple that needed to be included with any picnic. Cool, cool, cool. Coob. Uh, in Scandinavia, which is a game uh, similar to bocce ball, but uh, like a mix between bocce ball and chess, where you have like blocks you have to knock over. Kube. <laughs> Kube. Uh, Finland has a herring lunch, which sounds really good. Like pickled herrings? Yeah. Mm. Iceland. And different fish spreads? Iceland has a berry picking picnic. Turkey has glamorous picnics. What's a glamorous picnic? Families bring along cushions, rugs, and furniture. So like glamping. Yeah. Right? So you're like setting up a house outside to grill meats and eat desserts. And they do bonfires at night, at the end of the night. With dancing. It's cool. So wow, there's a lot of different kinds of picnics all over. It's a Sunday picnic at the grave of a loved one. Ukrainian. I like so that that's idea. Cool. Yeah, me too. I like the celebration of death. Anywho. Yeah. So talking about picnics, talking Can, about picnics continue to be a thing here in they the are. US. It's I don't think it, you're going to you I don't think you're going to see a decline in that unless we get rid of all the parks. Uh, but it's a nice way to kind of like just soak up as much sun and get the last bits of summer. Um, so uh, be sh- while you're out there enjoying the last bit of the summer as we're getting into the the burr months. Um, tag us on social media and some of your favorite foods. 
yeah, let, let us, us know what you guys like take to take pictures to of going picnics. to a picnic and what you like to bring on your picnic. We'll yeah. try to post some of our picnics up. I know that we've got a lot of really beautiful parks here. Um, and then to kind of close out on what our favorite our favorite picnic foods are now. I know yeah. that one tradition we've kind of started doing is having a picnic lunch yeah. on a Sunday at the beach. Yeah. So we try to do it as often as our schedules will allow. Um, one of my favorite things to bring is either getting a ceviche or, or getting shrimp a shrimp cocktail. cocktail. The shrimp cocktail was good last time. Yeah, and just eating that with yeah. a soda water and some fresh fruit, bringing some grapes, yeah. maybe some melon. It's just nice with like all the with the the ocean breeze, the smell, like you're eating that ceviche. Just like it feels really good to eat <laughs> seafood on the beach. But I will say, as someone from a food <laughs> processing background, um, bring a cooler. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the issues with um, picnic foods you got to be really careful about is getting sick yeah. because we can't really be leaving certain foods out at room temperature for like two hours no and that's what can sometimes happen when you go for a picnic so be careful with things yeah. like potato salad or Please macaroni speak. salad eat safe and you want uh your foods to stay away from the danger zone so to be either under 40 degrees or over 140 degrees yeah. And anything that's left out for more than two hours, it's probably a good idea to toss. And the reason why that's the danger zone between 40 and 140 degrees um, is because those are the temperatures that allow bacteria to double. Yeah. So yeah. be safe, do the right thing, but also have a really good time. Eat some yeah. fun things outside. Get a thermometer if you're worried. Boop. <laughs> You've been listening to Eat Your Feels. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.